When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to Garibaldi Red as we look back on another fine win for Nottingham Forest, a 4 0 victory over Reading, which was within two points of the playoffs in ninth place. And we'll look ahead to game against QPR as well. First of all, in the company of former Reds midfielder David Prutton. Hello, Prutz, you well? I'm very well. How are you two, dear men? Well, I'm wonderful. I'll introduce the second of the dear men in mm. Reds fan, Mikey Clark. You are, Mikey? Yeah, really, really good, especially after Saturday. Fantastic. <laughs> yes, we'll come to you first because um, we were both there. Prutz was in the Sky studio uh, covering Fulham v Barnsley, I think. What did you make of it on, on Saturday, Mikey, overall, 4-0 win? Yeah. Really good. I um, There's my dog. Is she off? She's a little I was really... Do you want to take your dog out or look quiet your dog and I'll come to Prutz? Yeah, go on then. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Mikey. Mute yourself, Mikey. We're Unbelievable, Mikey. He's normally such a pro as well, isn't he? I know, normally, yeah. Right, Prutz, a 4-0 win. I know you didn't see the game. We'll get Mikey's thoughts on it. What message does it send, if anything, to the teams around them? Well, I think it's it was it's an emphatic result. Obviously, as you dig down into it a little bit, it, it, it the game obviously got put to bed more uh, in the second half. And um, it seemed to be pretty keenly fought, didn't it, over the course of the first half. But it's, it was just, um, it, it's it's resounding. It makes people like Mikey smile, as he does, as he's come on today, even though he's disappeared now to throw his dog out the window. But um, it's it does send out a message because you've got a forest side that's making a lot of people very, very happy. The atmosphere seemed absolutely amazing from what I'd seen. Um, not just games in the championship to look forward to, but big games against big teams that... Forest would have seen of, of, as equals uh, in years gone by, of course. Um, so I think it does send out a very good message. It also shows the quality that they've got. Keenan Davis, we're going to come on to chat about Ryan's goal. The way that they managed to uh, take the game away steadily from a plucky at times Reading was was uh, a thoroughly professional. I mute myself. This is going so well. Someone's hoovering in the hallway, the cleaner. <laughs> People can hear the hoover in the background. <clears throat> Mikey, yes. give us your overall thoughts on the game and I'll mute myself again. Okay. Well, my dog loved it, as you could hear at the start. So <laughs> she was great. Now, um, <laughs> I tell you what, I was I was pleased at that um, sometimes I'm late in my seat. And thank the Lord I wasn't this week because, you know, we, we came out the traps absolutely you know, I can't remember a goal that quick. Maybe Matt Derbyshire from a few years ago. Um, and that was a long time ago. 2000 was the previous <laughs> yeah, record. Someone scored Norwich in 2000. It wasn't Prutz, but um, I think it, that was It definitely wasn't me. Yeah. We, we, um, we started like a, a house on fire. It was a fantastic start. And you just thought, oh, maybe this could be one of them sort of 6 7 nil shoo-ins that you get, you know, occasionally. I remember one against Swindon where we got 6 or 7 and my gut feel was, is it going to be the same? Um, but like anything, I'm sure we'll talk about early goals. It kind of, weirdly enough, it kind of broke our rhythm a little bit, <laughs> which was strange. We, I think they were maybe as surprised as everybody else was. But um, I actually thought Reading grew into the game quite well in the first half. And there were moments where I don't think Lucas Shaw started. I might might have been wrong. No, but he, he came on. Really, really weird. Could that, I thought in the first half, if they had somebody up front that could put those balls away, they might have, you know, got an equaliser or maybe even taken the lead. But I thought they played okay. Um, but you can kind of see, certainly when the second goal went in, and I think Cooper alluded to it as much, you could see, physically see on the pitch, some of their heads drop. And then I think we sort of uh, got back to what we were good at, which is, you know, quick movement, bringing the ball out of defence, balls into the box, you know, off the ball running was magnificent, especially when he brought the subs on. So I thought, really bizarre start in so many ways <clears throat> with a goal and then not not a great first half performance. But like I said, they obviously reset at half time, came out much the better side second half. Um, and it was a joy to watch. And at the end, 
some LA's going on. You got Cafu doing flicks around the corner and all sorts. <laughs> of stuff. It was incredible to watch. But no, just another really good day. Really good day. Um, we'll get into the specifics uh, in in a bit. It was dampened by Max Lowe going off in the first half, and probably more so Steve Cook going off at the end. I think press is today, so we'll hear more from Steve Cooper today, looking ahead to QPR. But it's pretty unrealistic to imagine them playing certainly on Wednesday and probably against Liverpool. How big a blow is that to Forest Prutz, especially Cook? I guess is he the one? Yeah, it's. Well, I always thought it was, it was it was quite a shrewd acquisition, a player that's still got a lot of miles left on the clock, and quite clearly is a leader of men. And I think, as you say, given the time of the game as well, right at the end, and you're kind of looking forward to the next a couple of games, of course, championship points are at the absolute forefront of everyone's mind with regards to Forest. But that game next weekend as well just looks fabulous, doesn't it? It'll be one hell of an atmosphere. Uh, and to miss out on something like that would be gutting for him. But it, it's it's about getting him and, and assessing how severe the damage is because two key players, you feel that uh, now we're heading towards the running. I think there is a specific time that you can start calling it the running. I don't think it's quite yet. It's probably a couple of games before Easter. But um, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. You just wish them all the best, really, because they have been part of what has been a really good feel-good uh, portion of uh, the last kind of few months of the season, really, haven't they, for Forrest? Um, Mikey mentioned one thing there that you can speak to from experience about scoring so early in a game that it isn't, it's not problematic, but sometimes you can just ease off a little bit and not play with that intensity. I mean, is that a real thing in your experience? It, it's funny that Mikey says that because it, it can be. Because if you were offered um, 1-0 after 17 seconds, then 4-0 at 90 plus minutes, then you're quite obviously going to say that sounds great, a very straightforward day's work. But there is sometimes that thing when you, you go running out, you're all pumped up, you're ready to go. And even in your wildest dreams, you go, well, I didn't think we'd do it after 17 seconds. And after that, you're kind of thinking, well, there's there's just so much left of the game. So I think, uh, as Mikey says, with his assessment of what he saw from Reading, there was a good save from uh, Horvath. There was also, I can't remember who the, who the cross was to the back post, which was a pretty decent chance for Reading. Um yeah. Josh which Lauren, could, yeah. yeah, which could like spark it, almost kind of spark them into life more than it did Forrest. But um, over the course of the piece, um, it was it was comprehensive from the home side. So yeah, it can it can, it can kind of because as, as I'm a natural possible um, optimistic pessimist, which I know is an oxymoron. But you kind of think, well, yeah, I want to have a good game. Well, but not that good. We don't want to start too well because it just sets you up for a fault, doesn't it? But in the end, all was well that ended well, wasn't it? Uh, so, as we say there, 17 seconds, Davis gets the goal. Talking about optimistic pessimists. Are you getting a bit worried he's not going to be here next season, Mikey, because he's just a bit doing a bit too well? Uh, yeah, <laughs> if I'm honest. Um, however, I think that probably applies to, to all of the lone players. So, you know, Lowe, uh, Spence, obviously, um, Garner, uh, obviously Davis. But I think that's kind of testament to... Cooper and his staff, I think you'd be hard pushed to argue that none of them have kind of increased their value over the time here. I think they've all showed what they can bring to a team, certainly at this level. Um, and I think in the case of Spence and and Davis, is a real big argument for should they be at a higher level already, um, which I guess is the whole idea of loans, right? So you pair up centre that if they, if they show that they can do it, a bit like we did with Brennan Johnson in League One, he then gets his chance in a higher league. So it's kind of a win-win with for everything. However, on a positive note, you have to look at what Aston Villa are doing um, with their team at the moment. You know, they've got a very high-profile manager, incredible recruitment with players like Coutinho coming in, which is mad. Um, so they've already got Ings, they've already got Watkins as well. I'm not sure he does get in that team. If I'm honest, I'm not even sure he gets on the bench. And that's not a slight for Keenan Davis because he's been magnificent since he's been here. I just think the level that Villa in particular might be punching at at the moment might be slightly high. And you've got to remember, he's not he's not 20 or 20, 21. I think he's 24, might be, might be slightly wrong. So he's at the stage in his career now where he probably wants to play every game. And I think he um, intimated it as much in his... In his uh, press conference afterwards where he was basically saying I'm loving playing I'm loving playing every week I'm loving starting I'm getting better I'm getting into a rhythm I think he used the word rhythm so 
of course he wants to test himself in the Premier League. Everybody would. I'm just not sure he, he gets in the team at Villa. So certainly if Forrest can somehow get over the line and get promoted, I think we're in prime position, position to get him in. And even, even not, even if that's not the case, he's clearly enjoying his time down here, as is Max Lowe. So, you know, James Garner came back for a second loan spell this season because he enjoyed it so much. And there were, I, know, I know there are other teams in for him. There's no reason why... You know, we can't potentially get him again, whether that be a loan or a permanent. So, but I think it's good, like because players will see, um, and managers will see that players come here, they get better, they get a chance in the first team, they increase their value. Why would you not want to loan players to Forest going forward? So I think it is a it's a negative because you don't want to lose your good players, but it's a positive because the system's clearly working. I think as well. I mean, Mikey makes such a good point. There's 24 years old. I think he's just about or about to get to three figures for games for appearances at 24 and that's me not um there's there's no prejudgment there but and i think it's it's um from a goal scoring point of view again just into double figures so if you're talking about a striker who's 24 that's not played more than 100 games and scored more than i don't know 50 not one and two Christ, 20 odd goals then it's um then he's obviously hit on something here that's getting the best out of him. Whether he's had the chances before, that's a different thing. You'd, you'd, have, you'd have presumed he had more chances in the Championship uh, when Aston Villa were there. And obviously moving through the gears, the type of player that they're attracting. I mean, it, it's no it's no disgrace not to be in a team that uh, is expensively assembled. You look at the money they spent on the likes of, of Danny Ings and Buendia and, and, and people like that. These are fantastic players that have really kind of um, shown their worth in English football, whether it's by um, by virtue of selection or the right place at the right time or change of management or so many things can come into to uh, a player not playing the kind of the assumed amount of games that you would do for a twenty four year old footballer. But I think the the key thing that you see now with Keane, I mean, the second goal, the second goal is magnificent. It's the 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 stick that was used to kind of gently beat Keenan with was that he had one way of approaching scoring a goal um, with regards to if you're one-on-one or if, he, or if, he had the, if the chance came, it was a bit more blunt force than anything else. That second goal is of a player with confidence absolutely oozing out of every pore. The wherewithal to know where the opposition is and where the goal is uh, and a touch of class that is probably not had the chance to show on a, on a consistent basis. Mike uses the word rhythm and he's absolutely right. Whether it was someone like me that needed to get games under his belt to be able to just run up and down all day, or someone like Keenan, who quite clearly um, the confidence comes from leading the line for a, a gigantic club like Nottingham Forest, um, seems to be bringing the best out of him. And Mikey, once again, not just because you're here and I, I like you a lot, but the point that you make about what Steve's doing on behalf of Nottingham Forest. Look at the plays he got on loan at Swansea, Mark Gerhi, Ryan Brewster, lads that you'd heard a bit of before and then you saw in real time in the championship, you'd be like, my word, I mean, these are fantastic footballers. He's doing the same with players at Forest. So hopefully this becomes a moot point by the fact that we talk about Forest that are in the Premier League next season. But if not, they should be able to attract players from big, big clubs in the Premier League that want to go to Steve and say, look, can you help develop these? Which is then mutually beneficial for Forest. Mm. Um I think I said this recently. I think, I mean, Davis is behind Cameron Archer as well, isn't he? Because Archer's like 21 and scoring goals at Preston. We're talking about his age. So he's like fourth choice. There goes my Hoover again. Um, the second goal is Collymore esque, really. But the first goal is the kind of goal you want to see a striker score in the box. How pleased is Cooper going to be with that, Mikey, to see two different kinds of goals? Yeah, very. I would have thought. Um, so I'll be honest, you know, when we sign. Keenan Davis, I think I might have said it on here. I, You only go on what you see. And he was a bit part player at Villa, 10, 15 minutes. And he looked a lot bigger as well at Villa. I don't know whether he's done a bit of conditioning work, but they used to lump balls up to him. And I thought, oh, he's a 20-minute op- option off the bench. He's so much more than that. And I think Saturday proved it. That first goal, running across the front man. You know, he spoke about how uh, Lewis Graben's been helping him in training. That was blatantly obvious. Um, his first touch was magnificent and obviously pokes the ball in. And that's that a goal. grab and goal, isn't it, Mike? You're absolutely oh, right. Absolutely. That, is, that is a grab yeah. and goal. <laughs> it certainly is, yeah. And, it's, and you could see that as well. And uh, But the second goal, oh my word. Hmm. So it, I think the Collymore goal against Wimbledon in the mid 90s, this is how 
old I'm going back um <laughs> this was the last time I really saw a striker sort of turn and leave two people for dead with like a body swerve and then run directly at the opposition and then curl it past the goalkeeper that was just just magnificent I didn't I didn't necessarily think he had that in his locker but he does <laughs> so he's obviously better than than I think and better than maybe a lot of people think so yeah it will it will bring attention on him but my word if he keeps doing that for the last 10 or 12 games we've got a real chance and we'll probably go on to surrage it a little bit blimey he's, what a finish that was for the fourth mm. we'll talk about it shortly but there's some serious options going forward now which you know wasn't the case at the start of the season and that's why we're sort of flying up the league and just off the playoff so you know fingers crossed let's keep doing keep doing what we're doing um let's jump ahead in the running order then a bit with Surridge uh I've is there a case for Surridge and Davis together Davis can play from the left I mean I'm not saying he's Thierry Henry but he can play in the kind of Thierry Henry <laughs> cutting in from the wing way and just bulldoze defenders and Surridge through the middle and Johnson from the right if you're a fullback or a centre half in the championship, you're not going to enjoy lining up against that, are you, Prots? No, no, you're absolutely right. I think, um, and again, Steve sets them up in a way to, when I say indulge those types of players, not in the sense that they forget any form of defensive responsibility, but they can then go forward and, and like you say, cause cause a bit of carnage. Um, and I think you've got, particularly in Keenan and and Surridge players with a point to prove, which I think is a good thing. Brennan, of course, we've spoken about for so long um, and is, is a beloved member of that team, isn't he, in that football club? And, and hopefully he can fulfil his footballing ambitions with with Forrest. Uh, but if not, you've got to enjoy the here and now of what it could possibly bring. So I think you're absolutely right. The pace that they bring, the physicality, as um, Mikey was talking about uh and again, just maybe it's just unlocking doors on the expectations of what players believe for themselves. Whether we now see Keenan operate in a way which, as you say, Colin Moresque, it's it's a grand example to use. But he he was an astonishing footballer, wasn't he, for Forest? So if he gets anywhere near to emulating the type of effect, not necessarily where they are in the, in the divisions, but if he's got the same effect, the talismanic effect, then it's it's happy days all round. Is it a challenge for Cooper to keep both strikers happy? Because Surridge is coming off the bench and scoring goals. Is there a bit of a threshold where he says, hang on, boss, I, I do need to start here? Or will he be happy just to keep coming off the bench and doing what he's doing while the team's winning? Uh, knowing strikers like I do, I'm trying to balance time on the pitch with goals scored for them. And the ones that I came across, and they were all lovely and very idiosyncratic and a bit batty uh they enjoyed scoring goals whether that was a cameo or whether that was actually doing the leading the line for the full game so i think he seems from my point of view and, and the steve cooper that i've met and had the pleasure of working with and talking to um good at maintaining harmony in a dressing room and i think if the common goals are there i think you see it on the pitch i think i'm interested to see what mike thinks about this it's a very it's it's as likable a forest side as i've seen for quite a bit i think and i think the manager sets the tone for that and the type of players, another player that we're going to come on and talk, to, uh, come on and talk about Ryan Yates, who have evolved, improved, and um, the fans that have stuck with these players, and now I think reaping the rewards of that with the way Steve's put them all together. Mm -hmm. And Mikey, that is like Pratt says, it's a common topic on here. The last team you actually liked and enjoyed, this is one we like and enjoy, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. I was, I was nodding when Pritz was talking about likability. I think if you just hop back to 12 months ago, I was on the complete other end of the scale. I did not like <laughs> that football team or how it set about its business or, you know, the characters, whatever. But I think with this one, with the new uh, management, the new leadership, and that goes right from the top in terms of recruitment, so Dave Murphy, his team, every, everybody like that, you're now seeing what they're all about. And you feel that in the stands as well. So obviously, you know, we're on a great cup run, for example. So everybody's buzzing and, you know, the atmosphere has been fantastic, all those cup games. But in the league as well, there's sometimes a, a case of after the Lord, Lord Bears show and whether the atmosphere maybe doesn't replicate. But it does. And, and you see that. And even in tough periods where, you know, you, you're on the back foot and you're holding on the crowds there and, you know, the atmosphere is fantastic. And you can, you can genuinely sense a bit of affinity with some of these characters. I think it helps when you've got players like Worrell and Brennan Johnson and Ryan mm -hmm. Yates, guys that know 
the city, been there since we were kids, know the football club. That's the spine of the team. That's literally the spine of the team. So that really helps. And then the players around it, sometimes with, I'm going to contradict myself slightly here, but sometimes with lone players, you don't necessarily get the same level of effort as you would maybe with a, somebody that's been there since we're seven. Um, not the case with these guys. In fact, if anything, some of our lone players have been our better players this season. So they're all pulling in the same direction. And once you do that for three, four, five, six, seven games, the crowd will recognise that and, and bond. And I, I remember a Fulham game where we got beat 4-0, I think, this season. And I was a bit scathing after it because I'm quite emotional when it comes to Forest. <laughs> they got, got applauded off the pitch. And and that was because they saw the effort. So they like they knew they were beaten by a better team, but the fans resonated with what the guys were trying to do. And then you're not going to face Fulham every week, are you? So when you face teams that you can beat and you apply the same effort and you apply everything we're supposed to be about now, it just gathers momentum on and on. And you can see that. And the, th the thing that really enthuses me is we get into, quote unquote, the business end of the season. <laughs> and we seem to be getting, yeah, no, and we seem to be getting better. Whereas other teams maybe are stalling a little bit if you go through them. We, we're literally probably the you know, I've not seen the stats. Form team, I'd say it feels like, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It feels it feels that way and that's that's half the battle. You talk about a year ago and things getting better. I guess Ryan Yates epitomises that. He signed a new contract till twenty twenty five today. It's just the transformation in terms of uh, on the ball, really. Everything off the ball and leadership and that work mm -hmm. ethic was always there. But the passing through the lines positively puts and creating chances. I mean, how impressed have you been uh, uh, across the whole championship for Ryan Yates this season? I think it's been fantastic. We've, I think we've, we have spoken several times on here before, Matt, about um, when things haven't been so great, It's it's been... For a, for, a, for a very small faction of, of Forest following, the, it was an easy kind of one to go after, wasn't it, really? Which, um, knowing the player and watching the player and, and having come across him pre- and post-match on a, on a tiny couple of occasions, genuinely nice kid. I say kid, it's a bit, dist it's a bit condescending. Genuinely nice young fella. Um the lads that I know that have played with him, Glenn Murray, Michael Dawson, all say exactly the same thing. Works hard, good teammate, good in the dressing room, uh, fundamentally a good player. I mean, underpinning all that, you do have to be actually pretty good at your job to make sure that you, um, A, stick around and B, be able to work through the slightly um, tougher times. But again, he's, he's, he's been the benefit of good coaching and, and not just from a football point of view, but possibly from the point of view of, the, the the not not kind of saying about the way that a manager or coach loves you, but the 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 way that he is valued—that's probably the word I'm looking for—valued by his both his teammates, his peers, and and the man that actually picks the team. So, I think it's a great, not necessarily a transformation, because I always thought there was a decent player in there, uh, and and then obviously it remains to to be seen what he does with the next portion of his career, whether that involves Premier League football and whether he gets a chance either with Forest or elsewhere to do that, but. Signing a contract till 2025 is a ringing endorsement of the work that he's put in so far over the course of his career. And I, and I just think, w w without sounding too twee about it, and then we know in football we're very quick to tell players what they've done wrong. There's a lot there to, to pat Ryan on the back and say, really, really well done. And again, I mentioned to Mike just then about the likability factor of this team. I think even those that may have questioned him in certain regards, Mikey, would now not necessarily be begrudgingly saying well done but kind of thinking well good on you for proving certain people wrong i think yeah 100 i just have to agree with everything you just said i think it's even the even the doubters even the ones that potentially still can't say anything then at least can see <laughs> the huge amount of effort that the guy puts in and the fact that he's as you said perhaps really and clearly respected by everybody around him his players his professionals fellow professionals his coaching staff you know, there's a reason why he plays all the time for all the managers we've had, and it's, it's probably down to that. So, brilliant reward for him getting this new contract. I think it's thoroughly deserved. Um, he's been brilliant the last month, hasn't he, in, in general. So, it's come at a great time. Just adds that another bit of momentum for us. You know, our, our key players are sticking around. So, yeah, it's, it's really positive. He's got that useful knack of arriving in the box, 
which helps in, in open play, but also in set pieces. Forrest, in years gone by, I think they've been a bit of a soft touch, but now they've got three good centre-halves. Davis can head a ball clear. Yates is a, a big lad in midfield. It just makes them a more imposing team, doesn't it, perhaps overall? It does, and, and, and as, as any Forest fan will see over the course of this very long amount of time away from the Premier League is that the Championship is, is I think it's developed from a tactical point of view and a technical point of view. But the, the things, the fundamentals that you still need, you still need them. You, you need to be strong, as you say, in both boxes. You need to be fit, which is what Ryan epitomises. Um, and I think given, again, we talk about the transformation, possibly looking at the team a year ago that might have been deemed a bit of a soft touch, I think. I don't think that's that's too harsh a thing to say uh, and what happens in that regard is when you see balls go into the box as a fan you're kind of on the edge of your seat thinking anything could happen here whereas now it feels like you've got we talked about Steve Cook and hopefully it's not too big of a layoff but you've got real voices and commanding presences there and whether Keenan's doing wonderful things going forward a very good centre forward that gets dragged back into his own 18 yard box is normally ahead on a stick and he's there smashing balls away and getting in the way of stuff and using that physical presence to make sure that the, you're keeping the back door shut. So I think, again, it goes back to good organisation, a, a well set up side, and just how key um, set pieces are uh, at any level of football. If we look at the, the fourth goal, I'm just looking at the bench here. It's interesting that Silver came on ahead of Mighton and Lolly. I must admit, I'm still not 100% sold on Silver, but it was a really good cross, wasn't it, Mikey? Good team move and, a, and another good finish from Surridge. Yeah, I know you're not sold on him because I'm not either. <laughs> However, um, I'm not going to contradict what I've just said about Ryan Yates. I might, I'm open to change my mind. And if he keeps doing what he's doing, then you know he, he could be a, a very useful impact player, certainly for the last sort of 10, 12 games. Um, I'm not sure. Need to choose my words carefully. In terms of like a big game, if we were you know down to the last six games and we're playing Bournemouth away or something, I'm not sure I'd probably start him. But I think he he has proven that he has something to give. He's bag of he's a bag of tricks, isn't he? Let's be honest. I mean, I think there was one point at Leicester where I think the guy's still looking for the ball. He just completely <laughs> it was. It was I, I still don't know how he did it. The trick. So he's he's obviously got got that in his locker and um, the ball into the box for. The Surridge goal was absolutely perfect. It's a beautiful ball. In fact, the whole goal was, you know, started from the back, moved through the thirds, Cafu whipping it round, and then the crossing and the finish. It was textbook stuff you'd probably see at a much higher level than in the championship. So Silver, I think I'm not sure Steve has maybe made his mind upon Silver, Martin and Lolly, as in who's the first choice to come on in those wide areas. And Matt, you were saying is there an option to play Davis there? Like I think we did at Millwall. And so, so he's got so many options in those areas. I think it's just a bit of horses for courses. And maybe, you know, when you are three nil up, Silver's the guy you throw on just to do something different. It's like, like, like I'm not, I'm not hundred percent convinced on him. I think my first choice off the bench would probably be Mighton because, you know, he's, he's he worked with Steve at the, the under 20, I think level mm. in England. He's rapid. He's, you know, again, another young lad. He's only going to get better. Um, but do you know what? It's a great it's a great problem to have, isn't it? Having all these options off the bench. And Joe Lolly was our player of the season a year or so ago, a year or two ago. Mm -hmm. Now he's scratching around for two minutes here and then. So, again, you know, the squad will be tested with low out and cook, cook out potentially. And the, the cut one didn't look too good. Um, so... You are going to get these in the final third areas as well in, in the midfield. So they've all got a part to play from here to the end of the season. There's no doubt about that, especially with the, the running of fixtures that we've got. It's pretty much two or three games a week solid from now until the end of the season. So you are going to have to rotate. You're not going to be able to play the same 11 week in, week out. They're going to be knackered. So Silver is going to get his chance. And let's hope I'm wrong. And let's hope he can do it from the start. And he's, you know, he stays in the team. Uh because if you, if you keep your shirt, you're obviously doing something right. I suppose a maverick off the bench is useful, isn't it, Prutz? I mean, on, on paper, Jao Carvalho would have been nice for that, but you can't be a 15-minute maverick off the bench when you cost 13 million quid. But when you cost 250 <laughs> grand from West Ham, no. you can come on for 10 or 15 minutes. And, you know, when defences are tired and get at them, Silver's kind of a good option in that sense, isn't he? 
Yeah, and I think Mike is right. I mean, it, it goes. It shows the evolution of the of the team, doesn't it? When you look at what Joe Lolly is, it'll be one of the more established members of the side, won't he? As in the squad, uh, and whether uh, from a kind of a wages point of view, that's there's a factor in that as well. But it, it goes to show that, and it, and when I say this about Steve not um, necessarily picking on reputation and uh, experience, he's he's picking on apps on the here and now, which I'm sure if you're a Forest fan, that's exactly what you want. <clears throat> Players in form, the team that's playing well together, because it, sometimes it, it's about whether, um, it's not just about a player playing well by himself, so like Ryan Yates, but with how good a player Garner is, what does Garner bring to Yates's game? What does Yates bring to Garner's game? You know what I mean? What does Keenan's, how does Keenan um, reflect well on on Brennan. How does how does Brennan interact with Sam? So, you know, what I mean, it, the, the different um, kind of elements of what brings the very absolute uh, necessity of a team together is is what's working so well here. And as you say, with Mighton, I've seen, we've seen Mighton in fits and starts with the the natural ability that he's got. It, it it needs to be finely tuned, finely honed. I think there's and and again, but if you can work with the base of what he's got, I mean, you're already ahead of several sets of players eh, with the pace that he's got, the fitness levels that he's got and, and the, the ability to get about the pitch and the tenacity to do that. There's um, there's, there's certainly a lot, if, as we move towards uh, this end of the season, um, when you need, hopefully, the, as much of your squad as fit as possible, but the variation, and again, I think that's the pleasing thing that you look at with, with Nottingham Forest is it feels to me they've got so many different ways now to win a football match. Yes, they had to stick in it, at times in the first half against a team that's fighting right down at the bottom of the championship. But it got through that as a team. It got through that collectively. And then Steve gets them in at half time, as he's done, like we saw in the, in the Derby game, after half an hour, changed things around, got into the half time, changed things again, and takes the game away from the opposition. It's it's a very well drilled side. And I don't just mean the one to eleven, I mean the players that are coming on as well. Yes, you've segued nicely into the last kind of two players we we're going to talk about. One of them's Cafu, there's a comment here from um, Richard watching live. Do you think Cafu shifting momentum back in our favour as he's more dynamic and can pull the opposition forward and open up a bit of space for our attackers? Cafu's a bit of a silver player for me. I'm sort of, he's I'm almost sold on Cafu. He does his job. It's only been how many years, has he? Oh, I know. Well, yeah. I mean, he's fine. I don't think he's a player you're going to get promoted with as a starter, but coming off mm. the bench and playing against a pretty average Reading team, mm. he's probably just what you need. I'm not sure. What do you think, Mikey? If you need start Cafu against Fulham or Bournemouth to win a game, I'm not sure I'd be so optimistic. But he serves. Yeah. A, he takes a. He, he serves a, a purpose in the squad, and he seems a perfectly serviceable player and a good bloke. But is he? Is he what Forest quite needs in the starting eleven? Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to be harsh. I'm kind of more in in, in your. Camp Matt, I think again, it's horses for courses. There, 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 are, there are times when he'll come on and make an impact, absolutely. But I don't think he's he's one I, I would start. I think you've got options with, you know, Jack Colback in there, obviously Garner, Yates. There is a few options in there. You can tweak the system as well. But to be fair, right? And again, <laughs> going to go on the other. To be fair, he did well when he came on, and when he did that touch for the fourth goal, I thought he mishit it. And I said, to him, next to me, I said, oh, he's not meant that. And then when I watched it back, he, he genuinely did mean that. So mm. hands up, I, I was again wrong. So, but I think, I think people can see, the fans can see, obviously trying to speak on behalf of them. Um, and I think Rich put on the comment, you can see his effort and you can see he gets stuck in and he is useful. I'm not necessarily sure you play like 46 games, but we're not in that position. So Cafu, again, could play a big part in the running. Um, but I think I'd be um, I'd be very specific as and when to use him. I think away from home, you know, we need to stiffen something up because he's a big lad, isn't he? And he mm. puts the challenges in. He's very good in the air. Um, he's certainly not a number 10, as, as our previous manager thought he was. Not in a million years. Um, <laughs> but I don't know, if you won the up away from home, Mm. Off and out to go, yeah, game on, absolutely. So I think it's again, it's 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 the need of the situation, and I think he is useful. Um, and that's probably all I have to say on that, Matt. Otherwise, I'll get dragged down at the word. Well, I should cut in. I mean, I've, I must blast this comment out because Prots gets so much stick on here. Prots, you're a legend, says Paul. Because <laughs> it goes so much against the grain. So cheers, Paul. That's very kind of you. Yeah. Someone commented on your YouTube picture in the background as well, saying they enjoyed it, Prots. 
Yes, yes, Joshua Tree. Let's let's. There's another tangent for us to go. No, it's um big fan. Yes. Let's move to the last player I wanted to discuss. Um, Ethan Horvath, Mikey. We were in the pub afterwards, and I don't know if you reflect differently after the beers have gone away. You wanted Samba back in. I don't know where I am on it. I mean, Horvath has kept four clean sheets out of five games. I think he does make me nervous when the ball's at his feet. I don't know whether he's the best keeper or not. What, do they need to make a choice, Prots, or just keep going as they are going and say, Ethan, it's your shirt till, till things change? I think it, it's, I always think it's a big statement, and maybe uh, this is slightly an, a slightly old and outdated way of looking at it because you see at the top level, managers chop and change goalkeepers for different competitions, don't they? But I've always felt if you've got a goalkeeper that's in decent enough form, like you say, there might be a hint of nervousness. I mean, Breeze can be just as nerve shreddingly interesting shall we say when you watch him um and i think if if the back four in front you saw about the clean sheets as well and if the back three in front or the back four in front is happy enough with them i've always thought it takes a, it takes a something quite big for a goalkeeper to get you know what i mean several games worth of chucking the ball in or looking nervous or, or just looking a little bit indecisive that's when you make the difference like i said key save from him early on in the game uh, against reading at 1-0 which again the fine margins if that goes in it might be a different uh, game altogether but i i from what i've seen the forest fans that i i, I kind of listen to and 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 the feedback that you hear i, I don't think there's anything particularly Major that needs to be addressed with that. I, I really, really don't. Whether that's at the kind of whether he's benefiting from those players in front of him, which might now change, obviously, with with the Cook situation. Um, but it's a collective. They've got to trust the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper's got to trust the people in front of him. Um, and I think between the two of them, probably if, if you cobbled them together, you've got a pretty comprehensively good goalkeeper in the championship. Obviously, we're talking about two separate entities. So I think both of them have been good over the course of a season, but also do give you those moments. I mean, when you sat there and we, when we covered the Derby game <laughs> and um, Breeze spent a lot of the last 10 minutes outside of his box comforting Derby players, chatting to Derby players, winding Derby players up, which I'm sure from Mikey's point of view, I bet you you probably sat there in the stands absolutely loving what he's doing, but there are other times when you're kind of thinking, can you not take as many chances with your passing? <laughs> or just kind of like calm yourself down a bit. I'm intrigued, Mikey, who, who for you is is the number one? I mean, if, if he is the number one, they're not number ones anymore. They've got ridiculous numbers, but who for you is, is the first choice? Do you keep it with, Ethan, because of what he's done? I would... I would play Samba if I'm being brutally honest, and I haven't changed my mind since Saturday, Matt. So, and I, I, I try and I try and explain why. So, Ethan's done great. Don't get me wrong, he's done fantastic. But I think it's it's a case of, and it's such an important position on the pitch. You know, like either boxers, your goalkeeper and, and your striker. And for me, I don't think there's a better goalkeeper in the championship than Samba. I genuinely don't. So. For me, the answer is he's the better goalkeeper out of the two. And we're now going into the last 10 games or so of the season where you will win or lose probably by fine margins, to quote another ex-manager of ours. So for me, I wouldn't wait until Ethan makes a mistake to then drop him because I think that would probably do him more harm in the long run to maybe say, you've done absolutely brilliant. Um, maybe play him in the cup against Liverpool. But I'm going to restore <laughs> just just for the easy game. <laughs> because that's been, you're not going to probably make the change now until he makes a mistake. And I understand my, my opinion will probably polarise a lot of people. Um, but for me, it's just it's just simple. So if Ryan Yates isn't fit or he's he's out the team and he finishes a suspension, he comes back in because he's our best midfielder. You know, if Keenan if Keenan Davis isn't playing and he's injured. And he's available he comes back in and i think it's the same as the goalkeeper i think there might be a bit of you can't go around hitting people in the face samba so he might be sort of teaching <laughs> a lesson but how far does that lesson go is getting to interesting times now so for me i would just say thank you you've been absolutely brilliant but samba is our number one goalkeeper that's such a good point you make there mikey because yeah, uh, and you've you've made me see it through different eyes there because of how specific and unique a goalkeeper's position is. 
I always think it's a huge statement. But as you say, if 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 you theoretically, if you've got a goal, a, a striker that scored twenty goals, who's out for a couple of games, someone comes in, does okay, doesn't put a foot wrong, you're still going to go. Well, that was great, but quite obviously, we're going to put him back in the side. That's that's just Maybe. the way this type of thing goes. Whether whether you look at <clears throat> what um, Breeze can do out the back with the ball at his feet, with regards to how Steve wants to go about building, and because uh, you know what it's like, he loves um, the possession based way of uh, approaching a football match. Whether that helps them moving forward uh, between now and the end of the season could possibly come into his thinking. And again, again I'm, I'm, we cover a lot of football and we, we go to a lot of football matches, but the the um, the mindset that goes into what builds a team now and what sets a team up from Steve's point of view, and, and I'm sure he would deal with it in the best possible way if, if it was, thanks, Ethan, that's a portion of the season that we needed you for and you've done fantastic. You, you're not binning someone straight off. It's still quite obviously a valued member of the side, but if your first choice goalkeeper is fit, ready and raring to go, and maybe he's learned a few lessons along the way, then I think Mikey makes a really strong point there, Matt, in the sense of that, why wouldn't you put your first-choice goalkeeper back in? Yeah, I suppose the problem is what it does to Horvath if he's dropped and if Samba comes in and punches someone else in the face and you've got to go back to Ethan and say, actually, we need you to get promoted now because you know Samba's got sent off in the last game before the playoffs. It's a difficult bit of man management, isn't it? But... Yeah. But then, but then there's the a responsibility. Wants, yeah, but there's a responsibility for the players there as well, though. And again, I, I don't think it's it, it's not as chopping and changing. I, I mean, do we still use the word dropped anymore? It's quite synonymous when I was playing. But um, but in the sense of team selection, rotation, there's another word for it. If if it, it, it's it's up to the manager, Steve, to keep players on side for aphorism when you need them. So um, I can I can totally see what you're saying, Matt, and probably, possibly the fact that you speak to current and ex-footballers, you know how fragile they all are <laughs> mentally when it comes to being liked. And that's maybe where I, I can absolutely understand what you're seeing. And as much as confidence is key over the course uh, across a, a formation of a, of a team, it's even more key in a, in a goalkeeper because the minute you see a, a goalkeeper to start doubting himself, then... Oh my word! You, you you spend all the game on the edge of your seat after that, don't you? Watching him. Mm, true, true. Um, Mikey, thoughts on QPR? It's an interesting one. It's, it's not quite a must-win, but it's a very useful win, isn't it? In the midweek, if they can do it. Yeah, big game. I wasn't too upset that they won yesterday, if I'm honest, because I probably of all the teams around me, I, I quite fancy Forest against QPR. Um, if I think Luton are a better team, um, Huddersfield, Bournemouth, all the ones in there, I think would give us because I'm really bad now, probably give us a tougher game than QPR over the two legs. That's not to say, you know, actually what'll probably happen now is QPR will go and beat us three 0 and then I'll, I'll feel <laughs> yeah. But um I, I do fancy it's against QPR because they take take a lot of risks. Um their manager obviously our ex manager he has a certain way of playing and I think if you press them high up you've always got a chance. Um and historically we've done all right against QPR. So I wasn't fussed about them winning yesterday. If anything, it might do us a favour. So um, let's get them down here on Wednesday. If we play like we did on Saturday, second half, we'll win the game. It's simple as that, really. And probably Zande Silver will probably get the winner, Matt, just to rub it in. <laughs> Brees will save a penalty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. I've moved rooms, so I didn't really listen to any of that. I had to. It was good. It was good. It was the best thing that Mikey's done. Yeah, it was. <laughs> if we look at the overall. Um, kind of promotion picture then i'm going to put the table up here and just completely obscure you now perhaps people who are watching on youtube and facebook i've done it i've done it um well i've gone down to 14th here is that the cutoff Mm. point now west brom in 14th on 50 points can Um, they still make the playoffs well i mean there's something about west brom which is fundamentally not right you look at that starting 11 it should not be 14th in the championship by any stretch of the imagination i think steve's gone in there and realized just how tough a job that actually is going to be. I think Fulham, we saw them on Saturday against Barnsley and they should have won, even though Barnsley were very good. The um, the miss at the end from Harry Wilson, I, I don't think that's going to cost them anything too much coming into the season. Uh, Bournemouth with those games in hand. Huddersfield have been fantastic under Carlos. You can't begrudge where they are. But as Mike is saying, you come up against a QPR side that did win on Sunday, but came off the back of back-to-back defeats uh, and Blackburn Rovers' form has fallen off a cliff uh, from a defensive point of view and attack-wise. It's, they're still 
scratching around looking to try and get back into some goal scoring rhythm. Where Forest are now, nestled in ninth, given the points differential between themselves and Sheffield United in sixth, and the form that they're showing. I think there's every reason for Reds fans to be very, very happy indeed, because those ones in and around it, they're all beatable. I thought Chris was going to go in, and he has done in fits and starts at uh, Middlesbrough, and be very dominant in the way they go about it. But they've, they've shown to be, themselves to be, at times, a, a tad inconsistent. And the other ones, with the greatest respect, possibly with less um, expectations, Coventry, Millwall, Blackpool and Preston, mean that where Forest are, it reflects in what Mikey said earlier on in, 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 the, in the pod, saying how uh, positive things can be because QPR are beatable. You've got to harness what you saw on Saturday against Reading. And then that projects you and, and, and hurls you forward into the Liverpool game. There's a real good, without kind of overstating and overshooting where Forest are at the moment. Yes, Bournemouth have games in hand in second. But there's only really Fulham to me that looks like they are bound for the Premier League. The rest, I still think, is is very much up in the air, which the time is now, isn't it, for Forest? The time is absolutely now, given this combination of players, loanies, players that are wanted by other clubs. The time is absolutely now to make their dent on, on the top end of the table. Yeah, I mean, I think they need, realistically, 19 points from 11 games, Mike. You would take them to seven, 74 points. You were making a good point before we started recording. They've got to play Fulham rearranged game and they've got to play Bournemouth rearranged game very late in the season. And actually, you think that might be a, a good thing depending on the state of play at the time in the table? Yeah, um, the ideal scenario would be we play them sort of two of the last three games. They're both up. You know, it's a different kettle of fish playing a team that's celebrating than maybe a team that needs a point or so. Um, so, yeah, and I think also as well, you've got to look at our goal difference. I think it's the third best in the league, plus 15, plus 16, something like that. So that could be worth a point. You probably probably won't be. But I think everything is, is quite a positive outlook for Forest at the moment. I don't fear anybody in that top top six. I think I agree with Prox. I think Fulham are... Fulham are there or thereabouts now. The rest of it is just completely up, to, up for grabs. But if we do end the season with those two tough away games, weirdly enough, it might not be as difficult as people think. That would be good, wouldn't it? If they're just playing, you know, they've been partying all night and they're, just, they're, <laughs> they're coming. Flip flops are on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That'd be great. If I just, I'll just put the table back up again and Prutz, mm. the prediction man for Sky. I mean, who. <laughs> If you're saying, Don't put any money on that, my word. Do you know what's happened as well with that? As a little aside, um, the fellow that I do it with, um, he's, he's now, he's, he's now, I think he's going to wash his hands of me because I've, I've, it's now gone to the point where he said it's getting embarrassing. You've given Forrest twenty, it's like twenty-five points too many. So when we, <laughs> so when we do, um, we, we talk about this on a weekly basis, and he, he gives me a bit of feedback shall we say via the internet and it'll be somebody disgruntled saying oh like about winning or like prediction whatever and and then i think at some stage he's going to put up look what he's said i mean he's he's got he's been like just too nice (laughs) he's he's been (laughs) cowed into being pathetically too nice to go the other way but um sorry the point you were making with with regards your your new software which means you can show us the table because just like your holiday snaps flashed up wouldn't it just remember (laughs) <laughs> I was going to make a joke about the Notts County chairman then. Um, but whoa, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, right, Fulham are winning the league for you. So give us mm. your second place and your playoff teams, <clears throat> out of curiosity. Okay. Uh, I would... The assumption for me should be that Bournemouth, given the games in hand, should finish second. Then after that, I think... Possibly, can I give you them in no particular order? Is that doable yep, for the four? Huddersfield, yes. Something about Sheffield United screams, yes. I think Forest, yes. So that leaves me with a another. I'm going to go for. Do you know what? I'm going to go for Luton. Oh, interesting. Just a bit of a wild card. Just a they, bit were of wild. My, they, were my, they were my wild card at the start oh. of the season. That's I And, and again, that's not me casting aspersions on QPR or Blackburn, but just the form that I'm looking at for these lot and 
the type of people that are in charge. Nathan Jones, particularly at Luton, I can see them driving themselves forward. So uh, there you go. No particular order at all. Mikey, your top two and top six or playoff teams? Yeah, sure. So Fulham will win the league. Bournemouth will finish second because they've got eight million games in hand. And then the, <laughs> um, the playoffs, in no particular order, will be us. We'll be in there. Uh, Huddersfield, Sheffield United, and I think Middlesbrough. Although my wife's not going to be happy with that because she comes from Hartlepool and she can't stand Middlesbrough. But I do think they will they will sneak in there because I think they've got a good manager and a good way of playing and mm. the score goals as well. So and it'll be a tough play if it's those four. Blimey, there'll be some games in there, won't they? Blimey, that'll be great. Yeah. It'll be fantastic I, if it's those. Definitely, yeah. I think I'd go those four as well. And Luton would be my outside team. I don't think I'm putting the curse on Blackburn a bit here, but they need Ben Brereton and Diaz to kick back into life, don't they? To absolutely run well, away I mean, again. That, I mean, that, they're just labouring under missed players. Obviously, with, with, with Ben's absence, Bradley Dax has come back. He's only played 20 minutes in in the first team for the first time in what two nearly three years it's is um <clears throat> it's coming back from that cruciate so they perhaps expectation were again they're another team that, sh- that needs to strike while the iron's hot because they've got so many players out of contract um but no that I, I think from what we've seen there i think there's a nice spread of teams there that approach the championship in different ways as well which makes for the neutral side of it uh something to really kind of look forward to who's winning the playoffs to finish the wow. podcast. Wow. Well, I mean, if, if anyone else, if any of the three of us on here say anyone but Forrest, then yes. Mikey, for a start, won't be allowed back in the city ground. <laughs> Next time we do a game at the city ground, I'll get even more stick than I do. And Matt, when you're not sat around the other parts Whatever of the stadium, <laughs> then, uh, then, you'll, then you'll get a bit as well. So, Yeah, I do like Forrest, but... I don't know. <laughs> that's that's always a good thing to say when we're chatting about it, isn't it? I, do I know. I do like for us to win the playoffs, I should say, with the, the pace and the youth and the fearlessness. It might just mm. favour them. But there's a long way to go before then, and people are going to tell me to take it one game at a time in the comments, uh, no doubt. So we'll probably leave it there. An episode marred by dogs barking, hoovers going off constantly, and Mike has to disappear to answer his door at one point, and I had to move room. So hopefully that didn't affect people's enjoyment. <laughs> Perhaps you were the, the steady consciousness of the podcast this week, so thank you for that. Well, I mean, that, that, does that does that is that shows how glaringly off the pace we are if I'm the steady hand on the tiller. <laughs> <laughs> the captain of the Titanic, which is waving at everybody. <laughs> yes, yes, we're creating into the iceberg, so we should probably bail out. <laughs> Mikey, thank you very much for this today, the thought this week. No problem at all. It, at least it shows we're live. It's just the modern world, isn't it? Doors going exactly. off, sparking. It's the way exactly. it is. Yeah. So we'll leave it there. Thanks very much to everyone who watched long. Drop comments in if you're watching live. And if you're listening on iTunes, you enjoyed it, do subscribe and give us a good rating. We've had quite a few of those of late, which I do very much appreciate. Right, we'll leave it there. Prutz, enjoy the rest of your day. I shall. And it's been a pleasure, chaps, to speak to you both. Good luck for the week. And then obviously next weekend, my word, that is a game for the ages, isn't it, between those two? Yes. In fact, I should say we're back on Thursday with uh, perhaps you, Mikey, I'm not sure. And also Nick Marshall, who is the Deputy Director of Liverpool's Academy and also around Forest Academy for years. So someone who... It's his fault. It's his fault. (laughs) Well, he's going to give us some expert insight from both camps, so that should be good. Right. Thanks very much, everyone. And we'll see you soon.